Year of Bad Sex, written and read by me, Jonathan Izard. Part 35. And then I got fucked. What did you say? You fucked? No, I got fucked. You got... Yes, I know. Oh. Oh, no. Oh, God. Do you mean... What? Oh, no, no, no. It was consensual. Not like, you know. Oh, that's good. Well, was it? Good? I should explain. It was January the 12th, exactly one week before the Great Transformation. The Great what? Never mind. That was still seven days away. There was this guy... Yeah, yeah, a young black guy. No, actually, neither of those... He did look about twenty, but it turned out... Oh, God, he was, what, fourteen? Jesus! No, he was thirty-eight. That's a relief. So how come he... Look, do you want me to tell you or not? Sorry, I'll shut up. Thank you. Once upon a time... Oh, stop it! Tell me! OK. Well, as I say, he was thirty-eight years old. His name was Jody. He was a nurse at a hospital near me, and no, since you're about to ask, not the same one where Mikos and Furkan worked. Messy Mikos and Furkan with the Furkan big... Please. Sorry. But you're right. Well remembered. Is my sex life your specialist subject for mastermind? Don't answer that. Jody got in touch via Grinder. He was from Manila. Manila? That's like Brazil, right? Good grief. It's the capital of the Philippines. Oh, I was close. He had a lovely face, really open and irresistible. He seemed uncomplicated. <laughs> Little did I know. We had a gentle, sweet chat for a while. No dick pics, which was unusual, although in hindsight I think I know why, and maybe it would have been better if we had. We'll come to that. Oh, you tease. I say he seemed straightforward. You know, what you see is... WYSIWYG. Right. But he did say he'd like to do chems with me. I batted that away with polite and non-committal words. A cheeky line was fine, but doing anything sounded dangerous. Massage and sex were the order of the day. Jody didn't come to my flat or even the tube station near me. He asked if we could meet near his workplace, and he gave me an address. It wasn't too far away, but I was running late, so I drove there to collect him. I parked and saw him across the other side of the road. I got out and waited by the car as he crossed. As he approached, something struck me. I was tempted to say, "Oh, aren't you tiny?' but managed not to. He was, though. He barely came up to my shoulder. We had a hug, and he burrowed intimately into me, as if we hadn't seen each other for years, rather than ever before. "'Hello, Dad,' he said. "'Not Daddy. That surprised me, but it was nice. "'Ooh, aren't you lovely?' I said. "'That was better.' At my flat he opened a rucksack and took out some packages. "'These are for you,' he said, handing them to me. I opened them. A packet of dried mango, some biscuits, and a Tupperware box with something inside. Mackerel, in a butter and mustard sauce. Gosh, well, um, thank you. Mango from the Philippines is the best in the world, Dad. Yes, I know. I had a boyfriend once who... Never mind. Thank you, Jody. So you brought dinner? He laughed. No, it's what we do in my culture. If we go to someone's house, we take gifts. Eat that some other time. Look, um, fascinating as this is, can we skip the bit about South American etiquette and get to the point? The fucking point, in fact. You said that you got... Look, 
This is my story, and I'm telling it my way. South American. We moved from tea and chat to shower and massage. Jody lay down and I covered him with towels, but something was wrong, visually. Appealing shape, gorgeous colour, and sweet bum, but I was having to make a mental readjustment. What was it? Oh, yes. I was amazed at how much spare table there was. Usually it was covered with body end to end. Not this time. I could have laid places there, dinner for two. Mackerel and mango, anyone? The massage began. An hour later, the massage ended. We kissed, we grabbed, we groped, all the usual stuff. Very familiar and very satisfying. Some of the details are a little blurred, but the bit you apparently want to hear about goes like this. Finally. I'd been rimming him for a while, as you do. As you do? As I do. Doesn't make me a bad person. I was about to say, can I fuck you? But, and this is where it starts to get weird. Starts? That was page one, baby. He said to me, can I fuck you? He said to you, and you said, no way, I'm 100% top. You'd think. Of course, but what? Tell me. I said, as I'd said once or twice before, and always more out of politeness than desire, I said, it probably won't work, but, well, you can try. Fuck me. In so many words, yes. Obviously, we'd already had the top-bottom discussion. Of course we had, online. If you're going to hook up with someone, you want to know what's on the menu, if you're compatible. HIV status, sexual preferences, and so on. Not that it's all about fucking, as you know. Often a blowjob or a wank or even just a cuddle and a lovely chat after a sensual massage hits the spot. It depends. Sometimes it's about raunch and drugs and wild passion. Other times it's tender, sweet and touching. Blah, blah, blah. Can we get on with it? Well, we'd done the insertive receptive bit and there's no way I'd have misled him. So why he even asked baffles me. He was chancing his arm. He was chancing more than that. Anyway, it's not his question that confuses me. It's your answer. You can try. What was it about this guy, Philip? No, he was from the Philippines. His name was Jody. Sure, sure, whatever. So? So? The Philippines. In Southeast Asia, right? If you say so, I thought... And what is it about men from... Oh, I get it. Good. No body hair. What? Why are you looking at me like that? What else? I know it's a cliché, but it's generally thought that men from the... Little Willie! Little Willie! He had a weenie wiener! That's one way of putting it. It was quite compact. I thought you were a size queen. Isn't that the expression you lot use? Us lot? You know damn well it is. And I'm not convinced you're so innocent, but let's not go into that now. The point is... The point is he had a microchap. Honestly, where do you get these from? But yes... The reason I said, get in there, my son, the reason I said he could try was that his little acorn might slip in unnoticed, like a thief in the night. Actually, acorn isn't bad, when it was soft, or the joint at the end of your thumb, the one that Henry VIII supposedly used to measure. Wow, that's small. It really was. Doesn't make him a bad person. When it was hard, of course, it was bigger. Much bigger? No, not much bigger. Poor guy. He was a lovely guy. He brought me fish in Tupperware. You're obsessed with that. It's not the key element of this story, believe me. You could be right. So did he? He used lots of oil from the massage table, 
not the water-based lube that I provide, guys tend to find the quality as preferable as it... Yes, yes, I know. Get on with it. Do you? Really? You know about which type of lube... I said get on with it. Did he? Look, seriously, the crucial, the absolutely vital thing when you think about my history in this matter, if you do, and you should, is that I liked and I trusted him. I trusted him. This was by consent, and I felt safe. The decision to attempt this was mutual, not unilateral. Do you see? Yes, I see. Sorry. It's okay. I know it's weird and funny and silly, and that's all fine, but there's another level to it, and that matters. I get it. I'd been wondering about this for a long, long time. Many years. Decades. I hoped it might be possible one day. But after the non-consensual anal sex... The rape? Yes, the rape. After that, I doubted it could ever happen. Doubted I could ever do it. But this time, maybe, with a nice man, with a tiny dick... Are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. You don't have to talk about this if you don't want to, you know. I know, I know. But I do want to. It's important that I do. He didn't even look or put his face there. He just oiled me and oiled him. He pushed, I squirmed. He pushed, I winced. He sighed. He seemed to be inside me. He was fucking you. He was fucking me. Did you enjoy it? Yes, I did. It wasn't all pleasure. There was discomfort, too. But he came quickly, and that's when I loved the feeling of him inside me, softer and small and still. Blimey. What a night. Oh, it gets weirder. I'm scared to ask. You don't need to. I'm going to tell you anyway. I was hard, and he sat down on it, bouncing away. And you're no acorn, more pine cone, so I'm told. He also came quickly that way. So, a flip-fuck. Oh, you know all the terms. And yes, but not just the one. Over the course of the next few hours, he sat on my dick maybe four or five times, and came soon each time. But more bizarrely... There's more? He also turned me onto my back, lifted my legs in the air and fucked me again, and again, and again. Three or four more times alternating with the other way round. I lost count. We did half an E at some point, which may have added to my confusion. Oh, you think? And compliance. I do remember feeling relieved that Jody was taking control, that I had no agency and merely gave in to his desire. Is that how a bottom usually feels? Don't ask me. I also had a fleeting sense that... God... Can I tell you this? You're worried about too much information at this stage? I thought it would be all right if there were other guys around, observing us, watching me get fucked, witnessing this reality. Not just fine, but a really good idea. We slept a bit. He'd wake and want either to fuck me or fuck himself on me. I went along with it. Only the final time, number seven, number eight, did I turn him down. No more. I'm too sore. He didn't object. In the morning I made him breakfast. He said, Thanks, Dad. And we talked easily. 
He would happily have fucked me again, but I knew my limits. At least, I thought I did. New limits now. Maybe 100% top on my profile needed to be changed to 99%. Or only teeny wieners need apply. Coquettes. Dicolinis. I'm glad you're taking this in the right spirit. And I thought Brazilian guys were hung. I told you he was from... To be serious. Can I say congratulations? Or does that sound patronising? It doesn't. You can. Well, congrats. I'd send a card if Clinton's had one with the right wording. Do they still exist? Paper chase. I could get one that says, Congrats on being top of the class, and change the word top into... Cheers. And also to be serious. Thank you for listening. After discussions about whether I should keep his Tupperware tub, he said he'd collect it another time, Jody left. It was January the 13th, six days before the big event that would shortly knock me sideways. That evening I was contacted by a man called Oti. He asked about the massage. Was I serious? Was I really professionally trained? And was a non-sexual treatment genuinely possible? Yes, yes, and, well, it would be a challenge, but yes. He said he was just about to get his train home, but was at a station near me, so could he come round now? Sure. I got things ready, had a shower, and pulled on loose shorts and a T-shirt. Within half an hour he was at my door, smiling and nervously offering me a bottle of wine. Oti was in his early thirties, I'd guess, shy and polite. I offered him a drink. He asked for tea, but barely touched it. He seemed to be adopting an air of confidence, the effort of which underlined his discomfort. He was keen to proceed with the reason for his visit, so we moved from sofa to table. He undressed and lay down. I covered him with towels. I stood at the top of the table and laid my hands on his head, letting him feel my physical presence and watching his back rise and fall, waiting for his breathing to slow down and sinking mine with his, so we shared a rhythm. Knowing what I know about men and the wrangle between our visceral appetites and an internalised critical parent, I checked once more that it was definitely an ethical, non-sexual massage he wanted. He confirmed that it was. Okay, then. Would it be all right if I am naked, too? I asked. It's how I usually do it, how I like to do it. Oti said it would. Keeping one hand on his head all the time, I slipped off my shorts and then my shirt. And, I said, just to say, Oti, that I am naked now, too, so if any part of me brushes against you at any time, if, for example, my penis, yes, I chose that word, my penis brushes your hand, feel free to touch or hold it. Is that all right? He grunted a yes, and I began the massage. He was tense and tight, and I worked hard. It was a new exercise for me, putting extra focus and intensity in each of the strokes, as they were not simply a stepping stone on the way to the happy ending. They were not the journey. This was the destination. I was true to my word that this would be non-sexual. Oti also stuck to his stated ground rules. When my dick, sorry, penis, brushed against him, there was no response. Not a murmur, not a twitch. It did, as usual, glance against his upturned palm for a second or two. Not a flinch or a pinch. Fair enough. My normal routine would end with the removal of the final small towel and homing in on the one area I hadn't yet touched. But not with Oti. I had to decide what would be a suitable place to conclude this time. 
I finished with a lot of slow, comforting moves around the chin, the face, and finally manipulations on the scalp, drawing my fingers up and off his head repeatedly, making the pulsing movements of a jellyfish. An hour after we started, I broke contact with him and let him lie for a moment, his breathing now slow and measured. There, I said. That's your massard completed, Oti. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you, he muttered. It was lovely. But his words contradicted his manner. Something wasn't right. Oti was shaking, his whole body quivering with what? Cold? Laughter? Orgasm? Or was he having some kind of seizure, something I'd need to get medical help for? Oti, are you all right? He gave a little squeak, neither yes nor no. I bent down to him, my face close to his. What's the matter, Oti? Tell me. I'm... I'm so cold, he moaned. I was surprised the room was warm, and I'd carefully kept the parts of him I wasn't working on, covered with the towels off the radiator. I took more towels now, and laid them over his chest and torso and legs, tucking them under his feet, wrapping him mummy-like. I rested my hands on his chest to add reassurance. But his shaking continued. Jonty, can you hold me? His voice was soft, like a sick child. Of course. I bent low and put my chest on his, twisting my body so I could almost hug him. I laid my weight on him and nestled my head against his neck, in what I hoped was a comforting and appropriate way. There, there, I murmured. He put an arm around my back. After a while, when my twisting spine began to complain, I lifted my head and looked at him. He was still quaking. Oti, if you like, and I understand you may not, but the best way to get you warm would be... I nodded towards the bed. Nothing sexual, I said. Just a good cuddle. He nodded. I helped him to swing his legs off the table, stand up and walk the few steps, holding his hand as if he were an invalid. He was going to lie on the bed, but I held him back and pulled the duvet to one side. He lay down. I eased my own body tight up against his and pulled the duvet over us for maximum warmth. We lay like that for a long time. Oti's body began to quiver with sobs. I held him tightly, cradling the back of his head, trying to make contact along the whole length of him. He pressed his face into my chest, snuggling into the safety and soaking up the warmth. Nothing much was said, apart from my few words. There, there. How's that? It's all right. Just relax and breathe. Good boy. We were both naked and both hard, but that wasn't relevant. This was not about erections or orgasm. Oti nodded off for a few minutes, and I folded my arms around him, hoping to protect him from whatever demons he was battling. I would give him whatever was in my capacity to provide. Food, drink, shower, cuddles, therapy, sex, an all-night hug. He woke and smiled at me. Thank you. He had stopped shaking. You're welcome. Are you okay? I'm okay. Sure. Do you need anything? Food, drink, shower? No, he said. I should go. That train. He got up, got dressed, and was at my door, ready to leave. That was nice, he said, with his shy smile. Just right. Thank you so much. You're welcome, I said. And thank you for the wine. We shared a hasty hug, and he left. Something significant had taken place between us, although I had no idea what but I'd played my part with an open heart and an open mind. I poured myself a glass of the excellent wine he'd given me, 
and opened the fridge to decide what to cook. My phone pinged. It was a long message from Oti, less than ten minutes after he'd left. I imagined him at the station, waiting for the 8.35 to St. Albans. Thank you for the massage, Chonty. Was perfect. Just what I needed. Should have explained. Partner and I going through really bad time. Terrified he's going to leave me. I feel unloved. Everything at home is cold. So cold. Casual sex has been a way of soothing myself. Had loads of counselling. Being comforted by you was great. If anything else had happened, I'd have felt guilty. Sorry, didn't explain before. Thank you again. You are lovely. Thank you. Now I got it. I totally got it. Perhaps it was better that he didn't tell me earlier. I'd held him. It's what he wanted. I knew it mattered, but now I also knew why. I was reminded of the times Nathan had helped to put me back together after my trauma. Now here I was, passing on the restorative power through the intense simplicity of touch. I had, for a few brief moments, warmed a chilly part of Oti. January the 14th, five days before the significant shift. Dario failed to appear. January the 15th, four days before. Danny failed to appear. Andre failed to appear. January the 16th, three days before. Jalil got in touch. Any chance of a massage? Of course. He came over, I gave him a massage, and then we had sex. I told him about my experience with Jody, expecting him to be as amazed and delighted as I was. But to a man who is versatile, bottom with me, top with others, it was no big deal. He explained he really only likes guys who are hung, so no threesome there, he said, as if I'd even been suggesting it. He is a lovely man. The sex is always more than satisfying. If we could lose the lacunae for a spliff and for poppers, and if he could allow me to bite him and talk dirty, that would take it up a notch into the top category. When he left, he gave me a present of a little fluffy toy. Such a nice man. January the 17th, two days before... My diary had the speculative notes, Raphael, Adam, Hung Arab, Omar, Luca. I hardly need to tell you, none of them turned up. I had a drink with Nathan and told him my big news. I got fucked. Oh, baby, Nathan said, I'm so happy for you. Yes, that was the reaction I wanted. I explained how it came about and the reason that it hadn't happened for decades and the incident, the rape in my twenties. Darling, Nathan said, I'm so proud of you. Proud? Gosh, well, well, maybe. Yes, maybe that word would do just fine. After our drink, I went to Soho to a gay sex shop and browsed among the toys. Some were realistic. They looked like cocks, pink or black ones. But some were like arms with a clenched fist, so enormous my eyes watered just from glancing in their direction. They would burst from their sockets if I attempted anything more. I scanned along the shelves as they decreased in size, and there was a tiny blue thing that felt as if it could be my friend. Possibly something to play with on a wet winter's evening. January the 17th. It was a wet winter's evening. I made a new friend. January the 18th. The day before the change. Giulio paid a second visit. The very hairy Italian fashion designer, remember? 
We chatted over wine, you know the drill by now, and then moved next door for the massage. Extra oil for his hairiness. A decent man in many ways, but during our conversation two things emerged that disappointed me. No, shocked is a better word. We were talking about food for some reason and the things we like to eat. I explained that I'd been a pescatarian for thirty years or so. Not vegetarian, I said. I don't eat things with legs. He pulled a face. I said, I'll make an exception for you. Julio then reeled off a list of all the meat he loves. Bacon, pork, chicken, liver, spicy salami, tender beef, goat, as if attacking me with his carnivorous tastes, making some kind of point about his machismo or posturing or... I've no idea what, but it was like an assault. He laughed, and yet I felt nonplussed and discouraged, distanced from him. But what I really love is pâté de foie gras. It's delicious. This to shock me, I suppose, which it did. To disgust me, which it did. You do know the way it's made, don't you, I said. The force-feeding process, the fact that it's now considered torture in many countries, and the geese suffer stress and injury through the... Yeah, 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 I know, he interrupted me. I don't care about that. It's heavenly. The distance grew. We segued onto what I hoped was farmer ground, his latest show in Europe. He talked about his success and the acclaim his designs had got. I was genuinely impressed and pleased for him. The distance narrowed. And you know the weird thing? No, what? I was smiling, all unawares, as he led me into the trap. We add one dress in this stunning iridescent silk, a petrol blue with big buttons here and here, and swept across like this. His arms made dramatic shapes across his body. Oh, baby, it was beautiful, my best ever, and it had a huge collar that wrapped around the neck and draped down in an asymmetrical shape like a, like a sea creature. It sounds amazing, Julio. But when we got to New York, they told us we couldn't use it on the catwalk. Why? They said, because that collar is snakeskin and we don't allow that. Can you believe it? Yes, I can. I know that fur has been... So I explained it was fake snake. A really clever copy sourced in France, but not real. No, 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 not real. And they let us show the dress after all. It was a big success. Well, that's good. And guess what, Jonty? Um, I shrugged. It wasn't fake at all. It was a real snakeskin. He roared with delight and slapped me on the leg to emphasise how clever he'd been. I was so offended and repulsed. This was not a nice man. Yes, I massaged him. Yes, I fucked him. He left, and no, I would not be seeing Julio again. Not just because of his disregard for animal welfare and mendacity, but because the following day, January the 19th, everything changed. The great shift, the new me, the miraculous transformation, the, well, let me explain. My Year of Bad Sex is written and read by me, Jonathan Izard. Music and studio production are by Andy Mills. My Year of Bad Sex is a Protocol production. <laughs>